the Beckett quote, uh, which gives the that story its, its title. And is this actually, is that the most recent work in? Because uh, I know it's, it's the second most recent. Uh, I wrote a, a story called Locals after I wrote that. Okay. but it's fairly recent. Uh, and I guess returning to the idea that Beckett is a, is one of your uh, preside, preside. I think Keats refers to Shakespeare as his presiders. Sounds like Beckett is, is something like that. He is, yeah. Um, and yeah, there have been other people that I've obviously learned from a lot of Augustine at um, Jane Austen was very, very big for me and remains that. <clears throat> and um, one thing I learned from her, maybe more than any, anyone else, is the notion that. And I, I, I tell my classes this all the time, and I've probably told everyone this, that every character in a work thinks that he or she is the protagonist. And um, it's a very useful way to look at these things. And it's so obvious in her books because she'll have a scene, she'll bring, say, three characters into a room together, or sometimes in um, a real tour de force like the Southern Southern episode in Mansfield Park. I think she's got seven of them. Um, and they're each each one is determined to put her or his agenda over on the others. Um, each one thinks this is my movie and I'm out to manipulate the situation with these other people and of course each of the other people is I mean it's it's combat it's <laughs> you know, it's it's terrorism <laughs> it's um, so you know she above all people just gives me that sense that it's a bunch of conflicting wills and conflicting visions whamming up against each other so she she was really really helpful to me. Is is comedy is her comedy important? That again, there's a way that it often plays out with with her that that, that sense of combat is is through yeah. wit and yeah. and I mean I and and through and through moments where people make jo- I mean the, the classic example being Emma making the joke that embarrasses um, Mrs. Bates, where you you get a joke. I'm sorry, from, Miss Bates. Miss, Miss, Miss Bates. Bates is the audience and. And people misunderstand each other through yeah. misunderstanding their, yeah. their, their, their sense yeah. of humour. Is, is, Beckett, too, I think, is a very Beckett funny... It's humour... Yeah. No, I think that's true, of course. And in Austin, um, if you really look at those the situations, well, look at Emma. Um, she is entirely alone in the world. There's no one to whom she can talk. Her father is a is a hypochondriac maniac. He's stupid. Um, then you go to town. You have a chat with Miss Bates, and there's an oak, and you befriend Harriet Smith, who's dumb as a rock. <laughs> who is there for her? Oh, and Mr. Elton, Mr. Elton. Um, you know, the the horrible, preening, stupid. Um, he's a puppy. 
Yeah, yeah, he's infected with puppyism. Uh, so, besides Mr. Knightley, there's no one else that this cool woman can talk to. And she, and she can't escape that damn humility. Who performs the wonderful marriage between Mr. Knightley and Emma? It's Mr. Elton. And they're stuck there. Uh, luckily, Emma's found one ally in this world. Um, but it's the same situation for all her women, all her people. Um, poor Elizabeth Bennett. Yeah. Um, she can sort of talk to the father, but in the course of the novel, she discovers the father's great flaws <coughs> and limitations. Um, the mothers and many. Uh, the other sisters are many, except for Jane is a nice many. These people are alone, alone, alone. And yeah, without the humor, it would be so horrifying. That does chime a little bit with... And without the horror, it would be so funny. Gene Horror, is, is that about those, those... I was thinking a lot about... Uh, I wasn't thinking a lot, it was more of a sort of feeling of... Of, of your characters, whether it's Jenny or whether it's uh, a character like Carl or Paul Thompson in mm-hmm. in the in the Hendrix Town, yeah. there's a kind of closed circuitness of, of of the way that they operate, uh, sure. the way their minds operate, and it's just what you were saying about Austin. These, it's a world, or it can be a consciousness. Yeah. Um, the way that certain there's a lovely line in where Jenny talks about his drinking. He was drinking for the sake of drinking, but mm-hmm. he didn't get any any drunk out. He's quoted you appallingly. But the, the line sort of chases its, yeah. its tail. Is, yeah. There's something about these closed worlds that seems to excite you. Um, is that, is, is that a... Sure it ex- well, I mean, fictionally, of course, it's, it's um, teeming with possibility. Um, misunderstanding, misreading, misinterpretation, misbehavior. Um, all those young misses. Um <laughs> Now don't be Mr. Benavis. Now don't be Lizzie. Don't be Missish. <laughs> but yeah, sure. It's um, if fiction thrives on conflict, of course, that's a useful thing. Um, I happen to think it's true of human life. But Is that the way your imagination works? Though it seems to just having read so much of your prose it does have a habit of uh, at certain moments whether it's Jernigan riffing on the word Wallace uh, or the slightly in, insane piece of writing Carl produces for I think a really rather good website uh, which is full of oh, puns right. and, yeah. Um, yeah. The, there's a, a way that your mind sometimes rushes around in, yeah. in slightly yeah. Yeah. I think that used to be more the case with me than it is now. Why, why is... Well, I've just gotten older. I'm 69. I've calmed down <laughs> somewhat. What uh, were you... It's, you know, it's, it's not the... It's not just the... the buzzing anxiety of being in the 20s anymore. But I, I, I can draw on that. I'm trying not to make that a mannerism anymore. I'd like to do different things. There's a um, there's a way in which you always write like yourself, 
but then there's also a way in which you will imitate yourself or exploit the routines that you've developed and do the same with 50 times. And it's hard to resist that, but it's important to me to resist it or it's just going to be as monotonous as the rhythm of executives. <clears throat> and, and I have to agree with them. And in looking, you know, these stories were written from 2002 to... 2014, and there's a lot of sameness there. <clears throat> each, you know, they were written, of course, piecemeal, as you do, so each one seems new and original, but in looking over the things and looking together, they're kind of the same story, and a group of people who pointed that out. I tried to um, lift out some of the repetitive things from stories, so... Uh, there's not quite as much old movie trivia in the book as there was in the individual stories. And I hated to do it, but I can't have five character, characters riffing on Rebecca. I can have two riffing on Rebecca, but I, I, can't, I, just I can't have it in every story. How about Psycho? What was good? There, were, there was Psycho turns up. I mean, Hitchcock runs yeah, through Psycho a bit, but turns Psycho up, is, yeah. is... Psycho's actually not my favorite... Hitchcock movie. What's the... Um, probably North by North West is my favorite. Or Rebecca. Or... Um, what's the John Deacon one? Oh, Fish on Steps. Third Man Steps. Yeah. Or maybe the original Man Who Knew Too Much. Okay. Or maybe Strangers on a Train. <laughs> there are a lot in the queue before I get to Psycho. Okay. But Psycho is such a touchstone. And of course, people will think about something. Yeah. And yeah, I'm very fascinated, obviously, by the shower shot and how it was pieced together and using the Hershey syrup to, because that looks convincing the like blood and black and white. And the black and white is beautiful. Yeah. Um, the black and white is beautiful in the back It's stunning. And the color is amazing and surreal in North by Northwest. Yeah. But it was wise to go back to Black and White for something. Okay. <laughs> Just to return to this idea of sameness, what we like we on the one hand we like an idea of progression that we I guess the Beatles <clears throat> that we go from yeah, yeah. sort yeah. of garage yeah. band to yeah. avant garde. Yeah. But on the other hand that can also feel like some. There's no sense of say something like David Bowie. Where, where's the real David Bowie? Where's the mm-hmm. authenticity? Yeah, yeah. Do, do you, when you're when you're being told by critics that you're you're too samey, does that does that while you may acknowledge it, does that irritate you in in, in those terms? Oh, I mean, no, I think it's absolutely. True. Okay. <laughs> I worry about it myself. I, I think they're intelligent to worry about it. It's certainly will. Um, and every writer wants that. Joycean trajectory. You know, you want to start out with Dubliners, and then you want to have this slightly awkward um, middle period portrait of the artist, and then you want your Ulysses, <laughs> um, and then you want to move into Finnegan's Wake, which I find not readable and not <laughs> pleasurable, but it's this gigantic baroque transcendent mommy metal and I'm sure he was very happy that nobody 
the fucking thing. Uh, because that's, you know, that's the summa, you know, uh, so it's that's, bad. yeah, that's the path you want. Um, or the Beatles, you know, from, I mean, it's no, you know, it's, it's so appropriate that um, the hard day's night is black and white and hell is color. You know, they went from a black and white sound to a color sound. Yeah. Um, it's very interesting to think about these writers' trajectories, and I think about it all the time. Um, I'm not sure I've gotten uh, I certainly haven't changed nearly as much as a lot of people I know. Look at Beckett from Murphy, more Crooks than Kids, the sort of elaborate, uh, just acolytes, um, very thinky, very elusive stuff to um, the very... The trilogy, I think, is... is the thing, the trilogy in this and players from that period. And then the later stuff is more and more pegged down. You can understand why I did it. It's not as congenial to me. Uh, I like it that it's there. <laughs> um, is that the sort of equivalent to the Finnegan's Wake? Yeah, exactly, yeah. Uh, in, you know, in, in the reverse in scope, but very similar. That's true, very similar in... in effect in terms of whether I'll read it or not. We get something like Breath, which is it's yeah, 37 yeah, yeah, seconds yeah, and just, and that yeah, it almost yeah. seems to be all, that, yeah, this is it, this yeah, is all I have to yeah, say. In, yeah. In, uh, yeah. And it's no wonder that he became more interested in theatre, um, because he, he was a wonderful theatre person. The last thing you would expect of someone so internal that he was actually a genius at spectacle. What was it about to, to return to my um, Bad Paris Review uh, parody? What, what was it about when you were when you were, when you were on the on the train, refusing and, and writing obsessively? Yeah. Like I guess like that character where yeah. the pages get yeah. taken away. And but what was it about Beckett's voice? I can I can hear something, but it, it's a, it's a, there is some sort of, I guess that that slight feeling of a cat chasing its tail. But I think that's exactly it. Yeah. But it's yeah. a different voice. Yeah. It's, uh, well. <laughs> um, I don't know how to say it without sounding pretentious, but um, uh, I guess what I would say about it is that um, in Beckett, it's still kind of the old British high style. Um, there's a, I mean, Beckett loves Samuel Johnson, and Johnson is seems to me the just the epitome of that high style. And there's some there's tatters of that high style in Beckett. Um, I was of course trying to do that, but that doesn't fit with me. I'm an American. Uh, I grew up in a certain time. <coughs> There are Americanisms and colloquialisms, and I love American speech. So I think that's what's in my stuff. And was that coming from the people you knew as you were growing up? I mean, or from me? Or from me? Sure. 
or you know, just all the voices around you. Um, I, I'm not one of these people who sits around obsessively taking notes about um, the terms of phrase that okay. I hear. But there are some things that do leave out of you. There's a little moment in Vanishment where someone makes a joke and someone else says, well said. And the narrative notes that was before people started saying, well played. Yeah. Or there was the little vogue for people on Target stores. Do you have Target stores here? Yeah, um, we don't, but you I know don't, them from... You know the, you know the, I read that, but that was my mission. Yeah. Um, so people began mockingly calling them Target. But now that's, you know, the expiration date is passed for that. No one would think it was funny anymore to call it Target. So there's all that change and evolution in the way people talk and the way people play with language and just, you know, everyday regular folks, not writers. Uh, and that's very rich. But this particular sort of, uh, and I always describe it incredibly badly, people always say it's ironic, but it's not irony. It's, there's a kind of twangy, sardonic, there's a rhythm to the humour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a character like <laughs> Carl has it. Um, yeah. yeah. The narrator in Banishment has it. Yeah. It's a particular rhythm to the... Yeah. It's snark, and it always feels defensive. It yeah. feels... Whether it's and they're often drinking as yeah. well. Yeah. Is is that how humor has worked for for you? Is yeah. that a um, yeah? But part of it, it's certainly part of it. Uh, someone, I believe it's Harold Bloom, who talks about. Um, <clears throat> I think he's talking about Hamlet in terms of what he calls self overhearing, and I think a guy like Carl is overhearing himself all the time. Um, and, and not just problem, other narrators too. The narrator in Banishment is hearing how she says something or other and then commenting on it or trying to correct it or apologizing for it or being snarky about it. And I loved Aunt Lissa, who kind of gets him. Mm-hmm. And there's a lovely yeah. moment where yeah. she just says, Stop. Yeah. Yeah. And. Yeah, that's thank you for pointing that out. That's that's very correct. Yeah, that she says stop indicates she knows something is going. You know, good for her. You see, I'm I'm now Aunt Lisa, and the me in my twenties is is Carl. So I'm now playing Aunt Lisa to my own. Father.